When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the FutureCast on Player Profiler Radio Network. I am Cody Carpentier, and with me as always is my main man, Andy Milnick. You can find him on Twitter at FFDataKing. Tonight, we're back for a mock draft, rookie mock draft, three rounds, and it's going to be a little different this time. This time, we're going to have landing spots for these guys. So my mock draft 5.0, you can find on playerprofiler.com. Go to the article section, type in Cody, type in mock draft, whatever you want. It's four rounds. It's got landing spots for, you know, I don't know, 50 of these guys uh, from the from the uh, offensive positions, from quarterback, running back, tight end, and receiver. Um, some landing spots, who might tell you, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for Desmond Ritter. Sam Howell for the Lions, Drake London to Washington, etc. Go check it out. But tonight we'll be doing a rookie mock draft, and we'll have 12 people on MFL. It's going to be starting here in two minutes, and people are going to be drafting based on these exact landing spots. But first, Andy, we're in this Campus DeCanton League, and I'm going to show it up on the screen right now because this is both of our first league. We're on the clock right here. We got Malik Cunningham, uh, one of your favorite guys from Louisville. We got Will Levis, my sleeper. We both both are sleeper quarterbacks this year. Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, Evan Hole from your team, Northwestern, Lou Nichols, Julian Fleming, A.T. Perry, Shaz Preston, the number two recruit all-time at the receiver position for Nick Saban in Alabama. And, of course, we got Brock Bowers. Uh, but right now we're about to make a pick here. I'm going to go to the University of Miami. Got this receiver here, Brashard Smith. You click on Brashard Smith. He's 5'10", 194 pounds. He had 200 yards last year and two touchdowns. Uh, my guy... Fusu Vu said Brashard Smith is the guy you got to go draft. So we're taking uh, we're taking Brashard Smith uh, from Miami as our wide receiver four in this Campus to Canton League. Shout out to those guys over there at Campus to Canton. Go check them out if you want to get into a Devi League today. Um, but tonight we're going to be starting out here hot and fresh. So Andy, what is up, my man? Let's let the people know what's going on. How you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, yeah, Chad's popping off right now. Um, the comment about asking if your stuff got delivered was what made me laugh while you were while you were uh, doing the <laughs> intro. <laughs> um, oh, that was really funny. Uh, but yeah, to everyone who's listening, uh, campus to Canton League, you draft Devi, and then you draft like you know your normal NFL team. But we're doing them not simultaneously, but it's forty five rounds of Devi of college players, and then what another thirty five of the NFL, I think, or forty five of the NFL. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a big big ass draft. That uh, what are we in? Fifteen rounds in, and we're we're kind of getting like, all right, all right, our spreadsheet's thrown out of the window now. It's kind of like, we're, what are we doing here? I'm gonna try and zoom into this page really quick. The, the draft should be starting here shortly. Actually, it starts right now. Uh, so fourth and Lang, Jonathan Lang is up on the clock. Andy Milnick is on on deck. Again, these right here. Trying to zoom in. Excel doesn't let me go past two hundred percent, so that's awesome. 
See if I can do a little control plus. There we go. How's that look? There's the landing spots from the mock draft. We got Malik Willis, Seattle, Matt Corral, Carolina, Desmond Ritter, Pitt, Kenny Pickett, Atlanta, Sam Howell, Detroit, Carson Strong, New Orleans. We got Walker going to the Eagles, Brees to the Cowboys. It's pukey. What do we got here? Mark Esposito says uh, Pickens was not drafted. He was. He went to Green Bay at um, 50-something round two. Did I forget to write it down? Yeah, I forgot to write it down. So Pickens, uh, round two to Green Bay. Sorry for those that are in the chat. Uh, first pick in the draft, no surprise here. It's It's been going the same way the last you know month or so. It's uh, Brees Hall to fourth and Lang with the 101. And now we're waiting for Andy. Andy's on the clock, my man. What is the selection at the 102? Oh, man. Uh, I think I'm going to mess this up. I think I'm going to mess it up. But in my heart of hearts, I think i got to go to this guy. Because the better team, better coach around him to help develop him. It, uh, nope, nope. I'm going back to my original choice. Malik Willis, 102. I was between him and another quarterback, but then I, I was like, ah, I don't want to have this guy sit behind somebody for a while. You know, it just, <clears throat> I went back and forth there. Debated. What's the pick? The pick at the 102 was Malik Willis, but I was debating between him and him and uh, Desmond Ritter, honestly, because I, I, with your landing spots coming into play here, of him ended up on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I really like the idea of Tomlin there, good wide receiving core. There's not a risk of any of those big names being traded. You got Najee Harris back him up in the back. Good, solid defense. Take pressure off the kid. That's right. That's why I was leaning that way, but. I don't know, man. Malik's raw talent just kind of has me, has me enamored right now. Yeah, I think these, this is you're going to see this. Uh, in my opinion, you're going to see this Hall Willis Willis Hall in every draft. Uh, as you can see, no matter the landing spot, you got Willis going to Seattle here. You got Brees. Uh, pe- people are going to say, whoa, 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 why, why is Brees going to the Cowboys? But you know, if you look at the contracts, right? Pollard's getting older. Pollard's going to be a free agent. Uh, Zeke's contract has obviously been highly discussed, and he's going to be you're able to get out of his contract next year. So if they can bring Brees in and, and maybe have a potent run game, bring a a receiver in early, like this this offense could be could be special. Where you know, I'm just saying it's an opportunity. And John still took him at the 101, even with the Dallas landing spot. And then Andy comes back with Malik Willis the 102, and then Mark the Matt Kelly bot <laughs> takes Kenneth Walker at the 103. Kenneth Walker with the landing spot of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, actually gets drafted ahead of Brees Hall in this mock draft. Again, I've, I've said this a lot regarding this mock draft, and it's like, well, why is nobody going till round three? Why is Kenneth Walker at the end of round two? What's the deal with these with these running backs? And it's more so the fact that there really is not a lot of, of things to, to read into with the running back position outside of what you see in the media with Brees Hall to Buffalo in round one. Outside of that, it's like, all right, um, where's these guys going to go? Like Spiller to Houston? Should they use a round two capital? No. Like, where else are these guys going to fall to? And that's when I got to round three, and I was like, damn, if he falls to round three, that's that's straight value. They're going to take him. Oh, Shervon. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, the, Kenneth Walker going to the Eagles, that's an interesting choice for me. I don't know the contract situation, so maybe Mark, who's drafting at the 103, knows more about that than I do. I just think that, that there's a crowded backfield with Kenny Gainwell, who people are going to, he's going to take the passing the passing downs roles. 
Kenneth Walker is going to kind of assert himself as maybe just the one two down guy. Um, so maybe an efficient grinder, I guess. So, so listen here. So Miles Sanders contract is up after this year. He's got 470 mil, 470,000 in dead cap this year. Um, I, I don't believe that, um, they're going to cut him. Uh, Miles Sanders will be a, a free agent after this season, as well as Josh Jacobs. That's why I have Rashad uh, going to Rashad White going to to Las Vegas Raiders because I think both these teams are going to move on from their running backs, and and I just yeah. So Kenneth Walker to Philadelphia Eagles, like they got Jordan Howard last year. They've not moved on from him. It's kind of an interesting landing spot, I think. Uh, so we have had four receivers go off the board since then. Uh, Shervon takes Traylon Burks. Uh, we had VDP take Jamison Williams. The the frugal degenerate takes Chris Olave, and Mike G takes Drake London. So your four receivers come off back to back to back uh, after your quarterback and two running backs. That is Burks, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, and Drake London coming coming off the board. And those teams you're looking at. So Burks, Jamison, Olave, London. Um, you have Burks. Uh, going from Jacksonville, you have London in Washington, you have Olave in Detroit, and you have Williams going to Kansas City in the late half of the first round. Very interesting landing spots. And then, of course, Tigers for Life takes Desmond Ritter at the 108 with that Pittsburgh landing spot in round number one. Connor's on the clock. I'm on deck. I got to start digging through here, making sure I don't miss out on any of these guys. Yeah, here's the thing. The Traylon Burks being picked over Jameis Williams and Chris Olave and Drake London is so interesting to me, given the landing spot you, you have proposed here. I mean, like, Jacksonville Jaguars have kind of, I mean, it's a gross wide receiver core, right? But it's still a crowded wide receiver core. You know what I mean? Tell me what I'm missing right here. So Ritter goes off the board at the 108. Matt Corral goes off the board at the 109. What am I missing here? Looking for that, not alpha, but that 1B in a passing game in Tennessee where A.J. Brown is there, but you know what Garrett Wilson brings to the table. I'm taking Garrett Wilson here at the 1.10. I think that is extreme value. It's huge value. That's, that's huge value. It's a shame that he slipped to you. That's huge value. So now we look at the board here. We got these three quarterbacks at the board, Willis, Corral, Ritter. Uh, we still got Kenny Pickett as a first-round quarterback to the Atlanta Falcons. We got Spiller, Cook, and Robinson as third-round running backs. Jahan Dotson is the only remaining round one receiver. And then, of course, you, ju- you jump into round two. You get Alec Pierce, Christian Watson, Skymore, Khalil Shakir. Let's see uh, who goes up the clock next uh, to Steven. And then we have Ahan at the number 12 pick before we run it back to John at the 101. I think, you know, I want to get your opinion on round one so far, but any surprises here? Uh, for me, I would say Jamison Williams going uh, number two uh, from the receiving position. But if we were to rewind back to our first episode here, when we were talking about um, the, the, the national championship game, if he never gets injured, I think this is a very viable landing spot for him being the 105 in these drafts. It makes sense. Uh, anything surprise you here other than that uh, from your first uh, 11 picks? No, I think I think for now it, it makes a lot of sense. Again, like you said, Traylon Barks going off the board before those other guys kind of throws me for a loop, right? Chris Olave to the Detroit Lions, I would have taken him probably in front of Burks just because to me he feels more wide receiver ready than than, than Traylon or, or even, I mean, obviously he's more wide receiver ready than Jamison right now because Jamison's rehabbing the knee, but... Um, yeah, I would have taken Olave or maybe even maybe London, but I'm not a big fan of taking guys that are hurt. So I probably would have gone Olave at, at 104. Then we have 111, we have George Pickens coming off the board. 112, 
We have Christian Watson. Han likes Christian Watson at 112. What do you think about Christian Watson going up the board at 112, Cody? Uh, it's a really interesting selection just because uh, you see the landing spot here. We bring it up right here to the New Orleans Saints. And if he goes to the New Orleans Saints, um, he's going to be due for a lot of work. He's going to learn from Michael Thomas. He's going to be playing the outside of Michael Thomas, getting those deep routes, those deep opportunities, maybe like you saw from Mike Evans. You, th- you think back to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay with Jameis Winst- Winston. Um, then you think forward-thinking Watson in that Evans role on the outside. You think about Michael Thomas in that Godwin role. Um, I think Watson would be an extreme value here if he goes round two to the New Orleans Saints, just being that pass-happy offense. We finished through back to the 201. Uh, of course, I said this is Superflex tight end premium. I think I prefaced that before. Um, and t- Trey McBride was the only tight end to go off the board in round two. That is Trey McBride to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, Jonathan Lang takes him at the 201. First tight end off the board. Uh, so now we see seven receivers go off the board in round one. Um, that being Burks, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Drake London from four to seven. And then from 10, 11, 12, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, uh, Christian Watson uh, finishing out in, in the round one. Trey McBride coming in at the 201. Andy, what's the selection at the 202? Yeah, I think at this point, I got to let this guy, I got to draft this guy based on the landing spot that, uh, you know, Cody had up before. This guy's going in the first round of the Green Bay Packers. I got to take Jahan Dotson. I just think at, at that level, he's going to come in, he's going to perform right away. Similar to Chris Olave, he's ready for the NFL. He's going to be a good uh, slot receiver for Aaron Rodgers. He's a great route runner and separator. I think he's got pretty good burst. And the guy just seems to catch every ball that gets thrown to him. So I like him. I like where I'm taking him here at the 202. Okay, at 203, we have Mark the Matt Kelly bot. Matt Kelly bot taking Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is mocked to the Atlanta Falcons in the first round. Nice pick, man. I like that. You got that round one receiver with uh, Jahan Dotson from Green Bay. Kenny Pickett goes right there. That's nice. That's nice. So here's so here's the deal. Interesting selection. Here's the deal, uh, Daniel. Daniel asked in the chat, did Spiller die or something? Uh, no, Daniel. What we're looking at here is we're doing a mock, uh, mock draft, super flex, tight end premium. But Cody has from his latest mocks, where these guys are going to be going, what team they're going to, and what round they're going in. He's got Isaiah Spiller going in the third round to the Houston Texans. So that maybe doesn't explain exactly why he hasn't gone yet. Oh, and as we're talking about it, he goes up the board at the 205. Isaiah Spiller, 205 to Houston Texans. That's a pretty good spot for him. And 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 it's funny he goes off the board of the 205 because last night, and if you guys are in the chat and you guys can't see the screen, be sure to say something so I can zoom it back in. I tried to zoom in a little, a little bit for you guys. Um, so I, I'm, I'm laying in bed last night. Alex Dunlap texts me. He's like, dude, I really think I'm going to take Damian Pierce over Isaiah Spiller. And I was like, oh, bro, you can't do that. I was like, you can't do that. Like The value fell to you. I understand, but you cannot take – Damian Pierce over Isaiah Spiller. I know I like Pierce. I know you like Pierce. He didn't do it. He took Spiller at the 205 in this um, um, industry league. He's got a lot of like well-known people, you know, Curtis Patrick, Danny Kelly, guys like that in this league with him. And he, 
Isaiah Spiller fell all the way to 205, and that is without what we're doing tonight with these projected landing spots. That is just general how these guys feel going into the draft. A real, real rookie draft. He fell to 205 with industry guys in it. So very interesting selection there. Um, VDP gets him there at the 205, pairs him with Jamison Williams. Um, I think it's a pretty solid value. And then the frugal, the frugal degenerate, I think I'm going to say that one wrong all night, goes Sam Howell at the 206. We got Mike G taking Brian Robinson at the 207. Brian Robinson drafted to New Orleans Saints. And then Rashad White, like I said before, goes to Tigers for life at the 208. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders at the early part of round four. Um, uh, very interesting to see this. Uh, three running backs here go three out of four picks after no running backs the previous, what, 12 picks? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that pick uh, of Brian Robinson with 207? I mean, you got a landing spot here on your spreadsheet of him ending up the New Orleans Saints. I mean, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm honestly like, when I put him there, I was like, this is a very interesting spot because – um, well, you saw what Latavius Murray role was a few years ago. We know Elvin Kamara is going to get suspended at least two games, maybe four, possibly six, uh, for his whole situation that we saw in Las Vegas. I think a lot of people are forgetting about that Elvin Kamara situation where he got himself into some trouble. Uh, it's kind of went under the rug for a little while, but um, Mark Ingram is still there. But I think Brian Robinson, I like New Orleans, and I like I'm on the clock right now. I just realized that I like New Orleans. I'm about to time out, so I got to pause this quick. I like New Orleans, and I like Tennessee for landing spots for Brian Robinson, just because like the Tennessee one's too obvious, right? Put him in there behind Derrick Henry, and just let the two dogs eat back to back to back. I think that would just be uh, a phenomenal one just to watch. But again, I think it's a very interesting landing spots. You, you got thoughts on them too? Oh uh, well, our guy over the Breakout Finder um, download by the Breakout Finder app too. Um, uh, Noah Moore Parties, uh, Noah Hills had just released a podcast, I think yesterday or a couple of days ago, where he just absolutely bodied Brian Robinson. So I've got that recency bias in my head right now, where he talks about how inefficient he is as a runner, doesn't really catch passes, um, kind of kept in the depth chart for extra years at the COVID year. I just, I think I'm kind of out on Brian Robinson. Based on that, that his analysis alone, I trust his analysis a lot. Go follow him on Twitter, at Normal Parties. No, he he's he's good. He he's on. Uh, he's got videos coming out uh, twice a week. I think it's um, Wednesdays and Sundays over at BDGE, and then he's got articles coming out. Feels like daily uh, over here at PlayerProfiler.com and BreakoutFinder.com. Um, the last two picks then go to Khalil Shakir um, at the two hundred nine, and then I just took Alec Pierce the two ten uh, receiver that I had projecting going to the Chicago Bears. Um, the other one is Khalil Shakir in round two to the Arizona Cardinals. So you're getting that draft capital with Shakir. And we've discussed him before uh, last week, and that was you know similar to Sky Moore. He has all the intangibles that Sky Moore shows. Um, what do we think about Scott, uh, Khalil Shakir ending up being a, a late round two pick? Do you think that's a overvalue, or you think that's just right, or I, I, still value? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's okay. Um, I'm not. I think it's just right for him. I'm not like. I'm not sold on Khalil Shakur yet. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, what? No Christian Kirk anymore. So the idea there is maybe he moves into the slot and plays out of a slot role. Hopefully DeAndre Hopkins is back. Maybe he's back. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't think you're going to get a lot of value out of him, but I don't hate it. I mean, you're kind of hoping that he's 
he's better against press coverage than what you thought he was, and you kind of hope that from there he's um, – sorry, I'm looking at who's going off the board right now. Oh, my God. Bunch of picks go back to back to back. You're on the clock right now. I'll let you finish after you get back here. So Khalil Shakir, 209, Alec Pierce, 210, David Bell, 211 to the Houston Texans, and then Greg Dulcich was that next tight end off the board. Uh, he actually didn't get drafted till late round three to the Kansas City Chiefs, and we see Ahan take him at the 212 in this draft to match him with Christian Watson. So Ahan's going ultra-athleticism here with Christian Watson round one, Greg Dulcich in round two. And then we go back to the top, 301. John Mechie goes to John Lang. Uh, he pairs him with Brees Hall. Trey McBride, and now John Mechie from the University of Alabama, and a third-round draft pick to the New England Patriots. Uh, Andy Milnick is on the clock right now. He had the two-pick, Malik Willis at the 102. He comes back around to 202 with Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson with that projected lane spot of Green Bay Packers in round one. And now at the 302, Andy's on the clock. Andy, do you have a selection? Yeah, I, I do, actually. So I'm gonna take. I took uh, James Cook here um, because I think without Chase Edmonds there, you're, if you're a James Conner owner, you're hoping that James Conner can catch passes and take over that role. If you're an Eno Benjamin guy, I don't. I'm, I've never been an Eno Benjamin guy. I don't. I don't understand the allure. I think people are kind of reaching on him. I don't know. I think at the Arizona Cardinals, at least you got a, a fast pace of play, a lot of pass plays. You know, maybe he gets lucky and, and gets more than just the third down roll. Maybe he gets a second and third down roll, or they throw more to the running backs. Um, I don't know. We saw what good offensive efficiency does for James Conner, where he just falls in the end zone a bunch of times in a row. So maybe you get lucky with James Conner this year, or he develops and he gets a little heavier, right, in the NFL, and he ends up being a three down back. Probably not likely, but it, it's a possibility. That was one I was eyeballing was that James Cook, and I wanted to see how far he would fall because getting that round two draft capital, how far is it going to boost him up? And a lot of people right away when you think about um, landing in Arizona, it's like, ooh, that's awesome spot. But then see, some people might remember Chase Edmonds over the last few years. We've loved Chase Edmonds and, and what has happened. We've gotten zapped each year um, by James Conner, by just not giving him the opportunities and, and, and things like that, King and Drake and, and Kyler Murray's rushing. So uh, I think you're going to get Cook. Round three, I like that spot. RB6, round three off the board. Now, if you're looking at the 202 and James Cook was at the board, I don't like that. It's just like saying Isaiah Spiller to 202. I don't want that. I'll take Isaiah Spiller to 205. I'll take James Cook at the at the 302. That's value, and that's why I like doing these drafts right here with these projected spots because people are starting to think, uh, and, and then you see these guys fall. So right after James Cook goes up the board to Andy, we see Mark to Mel Matt Kelly bot take Zamir White, and then we see Shervon go Jerome Ford, and with that exact next pick, the frugal degenerate, I got it right that time, goes Wandale Robinson right after I missed VDP. Whoa. He took the guy that I was looking at for this next pick, and that is Jalen Tolbert. How do you think, what do you think, Andy, about Jalen Tolbert landing in the New York Giants? I, I think with Brian Dable there, you're you're really hoping that he's able to get Daniel Jones to develop into the pass that we saw his rookie year and you're hopefully you're kind of hoping that like this offense with as clunky and kind of bad that it's been with underneath a new coach right can kind of turn things around and open it up a little bit more my my only worry there is that Kadarius Tony ends up becoming the guy that they throw to and 
doesn't necessarily bury Jalen Tolbert, but makes it harder for him to assert himself as the alpha. Because I think if he goes there, eventually he becomes the alpha. Yeah. That's that's the thing is like you see Kenny Galladay there. What's going to happen? Uh, we got Kadarius Toney. Uh, but I think Jalen Tolbert, like you said, Jalen Tolbert's a dog. Saw it at the Senior Bowl. I, I, I trust the process. I love that as a third-round pick. Wondell Robinson is a fourth-round pick to Kansas City. Going here in round three at the 306, I'm not as much of a fan of. But Kelvin Austin is an interesting one because I think Atlanta is going to double dip at receiver. Um, but I just don't know where or when or how. And right here, Mike goes Kelvin Austin, who I had going to Atlanta in round three. Sneaky one, right? 100% separation rate at the Senior Bowl. This guy dominated every single snap that he took at the Senior Bowl. Um, very impressive. So we have, at the 308, we have my guy, Bo Melton, coming off the board. The reason why I I couldn't reach on Bo Melton this time, right, is that the 302, you know, I don't know. I, I feel weird taking Bo Melton that high. I feel like that's a big reach. And then given your landing spot of him, Right, as you pull up the chat right here, I also agree with that. Here's the problem with Bo Melton, though. You've got him going to the Buffalo Bills in round three. And if you believe in Gabe Davis, okay, cool. If you believe in Stephon Diggs, I mean, the value is shot, right? He, You absolutely need him to be the guy in the slot in order to, to produce anything for you of value with Stefan Diggs being there and Gabe Davis kind of coming into his own too. So I hate the landing spot for him. I, I hate it. I hate it as well. It's like, it, it's, it's just a tough one because I think Bo Melton fits into that scheme, like that idea of what they're going to be doing in the slot. Like you said, with the Beasley role, Isaiah McKenzie role. Uh, now it's Jamison Crowder role, but I think it's just like, it's, it's not going to happen right now. Maybe he goes to the Jets because that's that's Jets are the team he worked with at the Senior Bowl and they used him in that Braxton Barrios role and he was fantastic. So um, Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, I just feel like that's a, a fit for Bo Melton. But again, like you said, round three because he's he's not going to be going where Khalil Shakir's going because he didn't get that prime landing spot. But still, the round three draft capital you do love to see. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the clock right here, so I'm gonna let you take this next one. Yeah, so we have at the 309, we got Carson Strong coming off the board. I like I like where Carson Strong's landing spot is. Uh, I really do like him landing in New Orleans Saints because I think, you know, with Taysom Hill there and with um, uh, uh, Jameis Winston there too, rehabbing the ACL, Carson Strong has the ability then to either develop slowly behind those two guys or flat out just beat out those two guys if he ends up coming to the NFL and ends up being better than what we expect him to be. If he, ha- he kind of harnesses that raw talent. I like that. Cody? Agreed. As, I, did, I was not sure I'd see Carson Strong come off the board. I put him on here because I mocked him to get drafted. Obviously, it's the top six quarterback, but I was not sure that somebody would take him. Connor takes him to 309. I don't hate that selection. Cody, what what made you go Justin Ross to 310? Justin Ross, the 310. Obviously, I did not like being the only player on this entire mock draft taking three wide receivers. I would have liked to go running back. I thought about uh, Pierre Strong here. I thought about Kevin Harris here. 
Um, both guys, I think, are very, very viable. But again, if neither of them get fourth-round draft capital, if they're both in the fifth round, they're going to be fourth-round picks in these rookie mock drafts um, or these rookie drafts in general. So I go Justin Ross here knowing that I can go running back in round four and round five. Justin Ross is going to be in that um, that big prototypical X role in San Francisco. Think of Jawan Jennings this year. We saw a lot of Jawan Jennings uh, down the stretch getting that 27.5, 28.5 uh, weekly yardage prop. That's because they're giving him two balls a week, and it's Jawan Jennings. You put Justin Ross out there. Justin Ross has that supreme talent. I think you put Justin Ross in that offense. I think he's going to excel. Um, I'm very happy coming away with these two big prototypical Xs uh, in, in Pearson Ross and then Garrett Wilson, obviously, in round one going to the Tennessee Titans. Um, we'll finish it out here. Uh, Han goes back to Isaiah Likely at the 312. And then the guy I was eyeballing, uh, Steven takes Pierre Strong from San, uh, from South Dakota State at the 311. Love that selection. That's the exact guy that I was looking at taking before I took Justin Ross. Um, thoughts as we exit round three in, in, in these last four picks? Uh, yeah. So the, my, my only problem with Pierre Strong being drafted is that he's kind of the not so secret secret anymore that I think is going to get taken and not really produce anything because I don't know about you, but I've the articles that I've read, there hasn't been a lot of discussion around NFL teams having the interest in him that, that fantasy gamers do. And we're all kind of looking to be first to the top of the hill to say, Hey, this guy is the next James Robinson. And because they're FCS players and Pierre Strong's really fast at the combine. Everyone's pointing him and saying, "Yeah, I want to pick him up so I look smarter and better than everyone else." I, I just haven't heard NFL player, NFL teams, I guess, mirroring that exact same sentiment. So I think it's kind of a reach to, to draft him at all. And to me, I, I would more rather like to wait for the NFL season to start rolling around, or hear about OTAs, or hear about rookie training camp, right? To see like. Okay, is he making his way onto the roster? How is he kind of meshing? How is he kind of fitting? Because you burn a draft pick right now over somebody that you know is going to have that fourth round and higher, maybe draft, uh, you know, draft round capital. So, I don't know. You you pointed right to it, and that was you know people are pointing to this Elijah Mitchell situation. Uh, Brennan says you know Pierre Strong in his zone scheme could be a Mostert level player. Agreed. He he's he's very good in that zone scheme, but. Uh, I don't think he's like we're talking about James Robinson. We're talking about Elijah Mitchell. These are two different prospects, right? I think um, Pierre Strong profiles a lot closer uh, to a James Robinson than than he does an Elijah Mitchell. I think we all in agreement that if Elijah Mitchell was maybe two years younger, got a little bit of better draft capital, he'd probably be a top five, uh, top ten um, dynasty running back asset. Uh, and the situation he sits in right now in San Francisco, I don't think he's going to quite reach that, but. Doesn't mean Pierre Strong's bad. If you're sitting at the 3.11, I don't hate that spot. Obviously, early four, mid four is probably the prime spot to get him in. But if you if you, if he's your guy, if you want to get him, take him at that 3.11. I, I don't hate that selection. I would like to see a landing spot with him. Round five is just going to be a little painful. Um, yeah, Camille says, I'll take James Robinson. I will say I want to jump back to Brad Richardson up here. He says, you still got DeMarco Jackson, uh, 100th overall on your big board. Uh, the big board has not been updated yet, to, so... We worked on the rookie guide. The rookie guide will be updated uh, in the coming week before the NFL draft happens. V2 is going to happen, and then VT, V3 is going to happen after the NFL draft. So V2, have an updated big board, have an updated list of players, have updated everything. Um, but again, that one, that that one, that big board 100 is what you saw was was from a few weeks ago. 
Obviously, there's going to be things post-pro day that will be adjusted in. We still got a couple pro days going on, but uh, we will stay on for a couple more minutes here. Um, if you got any questions, throw them in the chat. We'll ask a few questions here. We'll answer a few questions here. Uh, so be sure to like us on YouTube, uh, subscribe, click that button, and, and drop a comment in here. If you got a question, we'll stay on for a couple more minutes. This, this mock was a little quick today, uh, so thank you everybody who who took part in the draft itself. Um, it is Wednesday night. We're doing the future cast. Uh, we'll be back on Friday night again. Uh, we'll have Ray G uh, coming on over from FTN. He's going to be coming over here. He is the OG of the future cast. He kicked the show off a year ago right now. Um, we're going to be having him on. So get your questions in for that. I posted it on Twitter last night. Um, get your questions in. Get ready. Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to have a damn show. We're going to be talking 2023 prospects. We're going to be talking about this Debbie League that me and Andy are drafting in. We'll maybe talk about the running backs in this draft class like we saw. Probably take a snapshot of this draft right here with these projected landing spots because Hall Walker go off the board one and three. Now we don't see another running back go off the board until 205. I want to see Ray G's thoughts on that because we all know he loves Isaiah Spiller. And I want to know his thoughts on that 205 value uh, for Isaiah Spiller. So uh, if you got any questions, throw them in the chat. We'll stay on here for about two more minutes um, recapping this draft and talking to you guys. So drop them in here. Um, Andy, uh, what do you think about this one here? Jelani Woods is just an athlete, or does he have a shot at being a top three rookie tight end? So, so take it in context here. Take it in context here. Not to cut you off or anything, but if, if you take it in with the theme of the show here, these landing spots, if you take the landing spot for uh, Jelani Woods uh, going round four to Green Bay, take that in context. Put in there. Oh, okay. Um, I Yeah, I would say putting in – no, I don't think he'll end up being a, a top three rookie tight end. No, I'd say pretty, pretty assertively no – you have, you have the lack of, I guess, throwing that Aaron Rodgers does to tight ends. Plus, with Jelani being an athlete, I haven't seen them use their tight ends in a way that maybe like Washington has done with, um, uh, forgetting his name, tight end on Washington. What's his name, Cody? Logan Thomas. Yes, Logan Thomas. Yeah, Logan Thomas, who's a quarterback in, in college too. I don't see them using Jelani Woods like that, even though he can throw the ball or he can be a larger receiver on the outside too. I don't see them using them like that. I, I, I mean, I really like, and you know that, you know I really like uh, some Jelani Woods. But again, top three is going to be very tough. He's going to need to get that requisite draft capital. I just don't know if we're going to see it yet. I have the one-on-one, but I'm pretty strong at running back. Should I trade back and get more picks and try to get a Burks, Olave, Wilson, or make a strength even stronger at running back? Honestly, it just depends on how far you think you can trade back. If you're talking about trading back to like the four or five, it also depends if it's one QB or super flex. Um, if you want to get receiver, if you're not really picky, I mean, totally fine. Drop back to 105 and see what falls to you. Um, but if you're trying to jump back to like 102, 103, trying to trying to get somebody convinced to come up, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe you just take your guy at the 101 if nobody wants to move back. But I don't know. If, I don't know how much I would move back. I would try to move back if you're confident in any three of these guys. I'm okay moving back to 105. Andy, you got thoughts on that? Quick. No, I think you know I'm in agreement and lockstep with you. I don't really have a, a differing thought than that. Let's see here. 205 is insane. Exactly. Uh, Kyle Sanderson, where do you have John Lenny Woods from Virginia mocked? Oh, fourth round to Green Bay. Zamir White to New England, whose workload does he cut into? It's an interesting one, right? And and the thought process behind Zamir White going to New England is that 
what we've always known, right? They're going to trot out four or five guys a year, and, and you never really know what to trust. We've seen the Damian Harris experiments. Uh, we thought he was going to be the guy. Ramondre gets opportunities. I don't think Ramondre is a guy by any means. I think they're just a bunch of dudes. Uh, Zamir White, probably the best running back out of the three, but they did bring in Leonard Fournette, and I don't know if that was Fugues or not, but I think they're still interested in bringing in another guy because if you can have – you know, a good quarterback in Mac, slowly bring him along, have requisite talent around him at tight end. They brought in Devontae Parker, who finished fifth in receiving a couple seasons ago. Uh, you got Hunter Henry, Janu. You get this this bevy of backs. I think Zamir fits in that offense. Whose work does he cut into? Obviously, both Ramondre and Damian. At that point, it's probably going to be straight up cut into like 20%, in my opinion. That's kind of my thesis on that pick. Um, here, I'll, I'll send this one to you, Andy. Give us a dream landing spot for Christian Watson. Han, one of the analytics guys at, at, at Player Profilers, tell us he's going to cut into Ramondre's work. Damien Harris is, is good enough to keep Zamir White at bay. Cody, do you think Damien Harris is good enough to keep Zamir White from cutting into the grinder role, the one-two down? Zamir White's a stud. You know that. I know that. We're we're both pretty. We're both in lockstep about about him being being a stud. He's a dog. Um, Dog. So yeah, we appreciate you guys answering a couple, asking a couple questions here tonight. Like I said, we'll be back on Friday night, 6 p.m. Talking to Ray G. Um, don't forget to go over to underdogfantasy.com today, tomorrow, the next day, yesterday, every day this week. I jump in the Superflex Big Board. We've been doing it every single day. I jumped in a coffee break on Monday with a Han, who's in the chat. Shout out. We had a badass team. Go over to Underdog Fantasy today. Use that promo code Underworld. Be sure to draft in. The under on the underdog superflex big board competition. When we talk about running back values, these guys we've talked about tonight: Zamir White, Brian Robinson, uh, Desmond Ritter. All these guys, we're talking crazy values dropping. I'm talking 17th, 18th, 19th round. Another guy, you're talking about a, a running back, Pierre Strong. Uh, how about Tyler Goodson? That's a guy that profiles very well for the NFL. You're getting him in the last round of these drafts. The value is insane on these rookies still. Been talking about it for over a month. Go over to underdogfantasy.com today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Get yourself up to $100 deposit match bonus. $100. Get $100, that's $200, these drafts are $10, that's 20 drafts, that's 20 lottery tickets at winning $300,000. Go do the damn thing and be happy, win that money, and let's party over here at Underdog Fantasy. But if that's all I got, that's all you got, we'll be back on Friday with Ray G. We'll also be recording a special show that will be not drafting live, but it will be dropping as a premiere, and it'll be an SEC prop over under win special it's going to be about a 20 30 minute show where we're going to go through the entire slate of the sec and everything that they they came with uh andy andy dove straight deep into this sec andy you know you want to give him any 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 uh sprinkles any sprinkles here before we jump out of here <sighs> give us give us here let's do this give us one spicy take and let's get the hell out of here let's give you one that we're going to want to talk to ray gq about let's give him let's give him a preview ready We'll walk through it. Texas A&M University over under is set at nine wins, minus one twenty five in the over, minus or plus one hundred five in the under. I'm taking the under. We're taking the under.
Do you have a straw for liquid death? I cut the top off. <laughs> See that? Yeah. You know what's in it? Pre-workout. <laughs> what's in it? <laughs> is that all you drink is pre-workout? How many times Probably a day like do you drink pre-workout? <laughs> Dude, this, the thing, the warning on the C4 tells me I can only drink once every one, 24 uh, hours a day. I have it probably like six six times yeah. every twenty four hours. <laughs> it's supposed to. Wait, you're you're getting married to someone in the medical field. How is she not stopping you from doing that? You'd be surprised that she has an these medicine you from doing. These motherfuckers drink more caffeine than I do. Okay, I don't. Know. I shouldn't say that. They they try to. They don't quite. They they can't keep up. But they're close. They can't keep up with their clothes. <laughs> Heart's not exploding, just only slightly. I felt really bad. I got over. I got over to the window and I was gonna yell, "Hey, you can leave the shit at the bottom of the driveway." And the guy was like walking up with like (laughs) the the fourth package, and the fourth package was like a fucking pamphlet in a bag. And he just walks all the way up and he just throws it at the door and walks away. And I was like, "This guy's." What did you? What did you order? Um, I ordered two hundred pound plates. And I ordered a 150-pound sandbag. 200-pound plates? So imagine being the UPS guy and having sandbag? to do that at 6 o'clock on a Jesus. fucking Wednesday, bro. Oh, I'd be so mad. I'd be like, this I fucking was going guy. To, I've helped him before. It's the same me. guy. I've helped him before, too. That's I why I was like, all right, I'm going to go out and help him. And then he was done. I was literally just going to yell, hey, leave it at the bottom you of the get fucking him a- driveway. My fiance, uh, she left. Do you have a straw for liquid death? <laughs>